you've tuned in to Convicted Conversations. In Palm Beach County are unable to find housing, and the big reason? Their criminal history. CBS 12's A.J. Walker is following one man's journey to find a place to call home. Renisha Daniels is a felon and homeless and has repeatedly been turned down for housing. I think it's because my family's... Right now, she's about to try another apartment. She said she don't have any places available. Next, she tries the Lord's Place. And she said, well, they don't have shelter, they can't take me in. She recently got out of jail on a theft charge. What were you stealing, if you don't mind saying? Like hygiene products and like clothes to wear sometimes. And she didn't mind her time behind bars. Renisha, you said recently you went to jail and you didn't even care. And why is that? Because I knew I was going to have somewhere to lay my head. She gets a $500 disability check from the government each month. She says her biggest hurdle to housing is the question on applications about criminal history. How does it make you feel when you see that question pop up on the application? It made me nervous. It made me nervous. Renisha says she's also looking for a job to increase her income, but that's been tough with her record. I could work at customer service. I could do, like, I've been in jail for selling, but that's just something I had to do to get by to make a way for myself because I had no income coming in. It's a vicious cycle wherein without housing, you can't get a job. Without a job, you can't get housing. Nicole Bishop, Director of Justice Service for Palm Beach County, says Renisha's plight is a common one for people exiting prisons and jails. The lack of housing is the number one issue for the folks who are coming back out of prisons and jails. What's preventing them from getting housing? Folks are afraid to rent to those with felony convictions. Arlene Griffiths, Palm Beach County Reentry Program Coordinator, agrees. Those that can't get placed, where do they end up? Well, as you have seen them on the streets. That's where they are for most of the time. They look at your record and they, they see that this bad person is not like that. I'm, a, I'm not a bad person. I just have been through a lot of stuff. I'm just looking for a breakthrough. In Palm Beach County, I'm A.J. Walker, CBS 12 News.
Good afternoon. This is Gary, your host of Convicted Conversations. And I'm in one of the Broward's most talked about places right now, OIC, which stands for Opportunities Industrialization Centers. Um, I would like to say thanks for having me here, Convicted Conversations, everybody. Um, Highlighting one of South Florida's best kept secrets. Um, could you all say your names and the positions in the ORC organizations who's all in attendance? Carlos Barnes, Program Manager of the Young Adult Reentry Program for Broward County. Okay. Lene Jackson Orange, Program Manager for Train to Work for Reentry Program in Broward County. Okay. Kathleen Doctor, Senior Program Manager. Okay. All right. So we have you guys in attendance. I appreciate you guys for having me here. Um, Again, ORC stands for Opportunities Industrialization Centers of South Florida. What's the difference between OIC and like a temporary agency, if any of you like to chime in? Uh, we're not a staffing agency. We provide vocational trainings to participants and place them in permanent positions. Mm-hmm. So it is not a staffing agency. We right. provide the training first then put them in livable wage jobs. Okay. So the training that they have, they what, they come here for two weeks, three weeks, a month, and? It depends on the length of the training. We first start with employability skills training, which is really getting them ready for the workforce. Mm. Soft skills is what we teach. Then we do vocational skills training. It could either happen here in um, OIC's office um, with the school that we have, Mm -hmm. or for things like individuals that want to do HVAC or CDL or something like that, then we send them to a vocational school. Okay. And since 2001, your organization was able to place over 10,000 community residents into high demand occupations and serve over 5,000 youth annually. How were you able to achieve that? Well, I I think that um, based off of our programs, having case management case managers and employment specialists mm-hmm. on each program it helps um, the participant from beginning to end to stay focused on what their goals are um, no matter what that may be if they want to um, pursue a career in uh, culinary arts or in customer service or supply chain management mm-hmm. any of uh, those trainings that we have uh, case managers who provide intensive case management uh, eliminating those barriers for um, our participants so right. that they can attain that self-sufficiency right and um, one of the things that a lot of companies well organizations um, if a person that's attending their 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 um, workshop say if they go to jail while they're in the middle they go back to jail say they got one foot in the streets one foot out one foot in one foot out if they were already going through the process do they have to start all over like if they get out of jail say if they did a week or two for whatever the case is do they have to start all over or they go from where they left off so our programs are usually two to three years. So based on when that person was enrolled in the program, mm-hmm. let's say for instance they were enrolled in the beginning of the program and then they were reincarcerated, but they got out like maybe a couple of months later or they, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We pick up where they, they left, left off. off. Nice. So it's not where they get penalized or anything like that. We want to make sure that they continue on that road mm-hmm. that they started in. Um, 
not recidivating. Right. They don't do it again. Right. And as we all know, recidivism is really high. Um, what are you doing to combat um, recidivism and people um, reoffending like so fast? Like, what are you guys doing to combat that? Well, like Fanny was saying, we once we engaged a client, mm. we do provide case management and we have 30, 60, 90 day plan. So once we actually get them through the intake process and we put them in employability skills training to teach them the soft skills because the importance is to provide them with the training and mm-hmm. keep them employed. Right. So we do, we start with the 30, 60, 90 day follow up where we actually go out to your employer mm-hmm. and we follow up with you, we follow up with the employer, see if there's any gaps that we can still continue <clears throat> to fill in and see you through our follow-up process happens from six to 12 months mm. so we follow you up to a year after we place you yeah make sure you're on the up and up yes nice um we also have um specialized assessments that we do with the participants to see what your criminogenic risk needs are and we address those needs to ensure that we reduce the likelihood of you recidivating mm. so. that is awesome that is awesome good explanation um does your organization accommodate more than felons and returning citizens like your ordinary person like if somebody's on hard times like if they come here and yeah mm-hmm. we have a um a workforce uh, women's workforce empowerment program that's geared towards um women in the Broward county area who um may be experiencing hard times and may need employment mm. or uh training for employment and also um, help with their self-esteem and um, being able to um, see themselves with a better future. Right. So this particular program helps those those participants in those um, areas in order. And the end goal is to help them with a career. Mm. We also have a couple of those participants who are actually employed here at OIC of South Florida. Right. So we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. Right. Um, we also have a youth and family division as well, where we're in several of the schools in Broward County and also one in Dade, in, also one in Dade County, mm. um, where we have programs for young people. Um, as far as um, teen pregnancy prevention and um, assisting um, with entrepreneurship, helping them get college ready, things right. of that sort. So it's not just that we're a, a re-entry organization, we are a community organization. Nice. And I appreciate what y'all are doing for the community. I really do. Um, go ahead. I want to chime in that mm-hmm. we serve underemployed and underserved population okay so we don't want everyone to think you need to have a background to come in here we have a program also called pathways those are for individuals who don't necessarily have a background that's looking for employment mm-hmm. and we work directly with um, the workforce centers we have a oic academy a workforce academy really? so we do provide industry recognized training right here in our hands-on experience yes hands-on experience and it is open to everyone and you don't have to have a background or you could have a background oh, and wow. still come here so yes it is for the underserved um, population and underemployed population wow and these relationships that you have with these companies do you do you have a department or do you have somebody that you um delegate or actually have somebody that you sent out to go talk to Publix or go talk to a construction site? 
Yes, we have um, a business services department mm-hmm. um, who that is their primary responsibility is to um, formulate these relationships with external partners who will become background friendly um, and understand that the people they are um, getting potentially will have a background, All right. have a checkered past. All right. We also work with the local workforce board um, and defeat, some, and we defeat some of those barriers by getting them federally bonded. Federal bonding program is is, is, is very vast. Um, if we get a person federally bonded, if that company hires that person who is federally bonded, they get a five thousand dollar work opportunity tax credit for hiring that person. Mm. So it kind of incentivizes that company to hire a person with a checkered past. And I know the WTOC they offer. Um millions of dollars to companies to hire felons and people that are disabled or what have you correct so all of that goes hand in hand i guess right you need it you know right a lot of the individuals we serve they look like me yeah they speak like me they dress like me so i understand we understand here oh i see the barriers that they're facing without a checker pass. Right. So you add that checker pass into it, they're fighting an uphill battle. But at OIC, we defeat those barriers to success. That is awesome, bro. Y'all talk on behalf of, like, everybody. Whoever walked through those doors, you're you're the mouthpiece for them. We are. That's what we Collectively. Are. Right. We are the brand. Mm. We are the shield. We wear it. We, we speak it. We teach it. We live it. Y'all have alumni and everything? Y'all have people that come back and speak yes, to the class? We do it. Yeah? We do it, yes. yes. Mm. Twice a month. Twice a month. Twice a month. I saw something on here. I think it was one of them. You did with 16-year-olds, too? Something says 16. Well, we, have, we have a youth build program. What's that? focuses on the construction trade. Um, and if they're 16 to 24, they get hands-on experience in the construction field. While earning a stipend while they do so. What this while they still in school? Correct. Wow. And that's for individuals also that um, if they don't have a high school diploma or a GED, so they can also earn that as well while they're in the youth build program. Mm. So they they can get their GED, they learn a construction trade, and they're getting a stipend while they're learning. While they learn. A youth build, B-I-L-L. B-U-I-L-D. Bill. Oh, Bill. Correct. Oh, okay. And we walk them straight into employment because usually it's kind of like an apprenticeship. They're mm-hmm. learning, but they're also working at the same time. You walk them in the door yourself? Correct. Wow. The Youth Build Program mm-hmm. also partners with Habitat for Humanity, so they are getting real-world experience. In oh, when they building houses in the neighborhood. Correct. Yes. 16-year-olds get the chance yes. to learn how to yes. build a house. <laughs> yes. And daddy, I don't want to go to college, but I know how to build a house. Exactly. And that college not for everybody. They need a backup plan. That's right. And that's why a lot of people are chasing their tails, especially kids. They don't have a backup plan. All they know is school. Now I'm out of school. What do I do? Mm-hmm. They're lost. So the next best thing to go break in the house or whatever your friends are doing in the neighborhood, that's what becomes the child eventually. Um, but I've noticed something else um, also that your organization implements. Well, I, I think you already mentioned this, Carlos, about the real world scenarios, or I was asking you, uh, what are those real world scenarios that they're um, doing in classes or in the workshop? So we have an employability skills training class mm-hmm. that's open to anyone who comes through the door. And um, in that class, we touch on soft skills, which, is, which are skills that a person needs to know in order to um, how to properly 
uh, act or behave in the workplace. Like we're talking about having integrity exactly. and if you're finding money and returning yes. it and stuff like that. Yes. Right. So how to interact with your boss, how to interact with other co-workers, how to interact with the people that you're serving at your job. So like your boss come in one day and start snapping on you, you give them a scenario and you like, hey, just hold it in, just, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> we find that um, some people who have um, barriers they may lack those certain skills, so the yeah. ability skills training class helps them. Hair trigger, they're easy to pop off. Hey, yeah, you're fired. Mm -hmm. They can't keep a job. So you teach them how to deal with that inner thing that they yes. have. Nice. That is awesome. And we also do mock interviews with them. So yeah. our employment specialists will come into the room during, um, towards the end of employability skills, and we do a mock interview. And when you show up for that mock interview, you are showing up. You gotta dress as if you're going to to your interview. So sometimes we even have shirts here. You don't have a shirt, we get you a shirt to put on, but you're getting dressed to come to this interview and we're gonna do a mock interview. And when our employment specialists are working with these individuals, we already know based on all of their assessments and coming to class, what type of jobs are going to go into. Mm -hmm. So we actually interview them based on the employers where we're going to send them. So we're gonna ask them those questions that we know this employer is going right. to ask or what we prepare you for what that employer is looking for to mm -hmm. ensure you're successful. And sometimes you go to an interview, you're not successful. We talk them through those to where, okay, it's just not a setback. You have other opportunities so we help them understand real life issues especially our young adults right. that's coming from incarceration or have had any barriers with the law triggers so we help them understand that you don't get so defeated right. so we teach them those coping mechanisms like how to talk to your employer about your background because it is a stigma that they carry with them so we teach you how to talk to your employer and even talk about the classes you attended while you were incarcerated because that's a plus and some, sometimes they don't see that as being a plus but you did something you were productive while you were incarcerated i'm glad you brought that up because years ago i was in the boot camp off a of commercial um holy's made up a story and said i was fighting him they were choking me but i was resistant and i had to do boot camp Never met the commissioner Hallandale. She showed up at my boot camp. I did the speech for my entire platoon. She was impressed. She gave me a number. She said, hey, call my friend at AT&T. I like the way you talk. I know you'll be an asset to this company. She said, when you go fill out the application, don't put yes, you have been convicted of a felony. Right on there will explain that interview. She said, that's their language. She said, if you use this language, they'll automatically know you know somebody that taught you this language. You follow me? So with you guys, you're prepping them up. You're giving them every opportunity, every skill, every scenario imaginable that they're going to face in the real world once they leave outside the doors and you can't be around the 24-7. So when they run across these things or they encounter a police that's being aggressive and being nasty, y'all teach them how to deal with that too? Cause they gonna run across it, trust me. On their way here, leaving here. Hey, where you going? Where are you coming from? Well, I can speak on it from both sides. Me as a former police lieutenant, mm -hmm. who's now on the other side as a civilian now. Right. Um, I have real, as we say, hard to hard conversations with these young adults or some adults older than the age of 24 that OIC serves. Right. And I let them know and I give it to them 
raw, as we say, mm -hmm. from police Blood officers' raw. perspective by letting them know, yes, your thought or your actions might have been okay, but the way you did it, the way you spoke back, the way you responded was all wrong. Right. And you put that officer in a position to where they had to do what they had to do. Jail or shoot or... Correct. Mm -hmm. I say at the end of the day, they're going to take you to jail and let all this figure it out. Right. I say, so I tell them, you have to think before you speak, think before you act, because it can lead you to this situation. Most of my young adults that are in my program got arrested for pissing off the police. Mm -hmm. People don't understand. That's not an official charge, but that's really the charge they need to always charge people with. Right. When you piss off the police, you're going to jail. I promise you. You may beat, like we used to tell them, you may beat the rap, but you're not going to beat this rap. Exactly. You're going to jail. Straight up. That's how it goes. So you, you definitely get in their head and let them know the, the real. Know. I give them the real world scenario. This is how they're going to come at you. I say, first of all, you walk in the door smelling like a loud pad. That's probably causing me to stop and frisk you all day long. Mm -hmm. I say, so why would you smoke in the car? Do you need to do it that bad? Right. You know you come into a place of business. You need to correct yourself before you walk in. Right. You need to understand. Everyone's not on your level. Everyone's not your crony, not your friend. You have to deal with people on their level. Mm -hmm. When you come in asking for services or you come in expecting to receive services, you can't come in wrong. Right. And expecting right to happen. Right. So I have those real world conversations with a lot of the people that come through these doors. That's awesome. It seems Carlos. to resonate with them. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If they don't hear, if they don't hear, if they don't hear, if they don't hear it, bro, they're gonna walk right out of here. Right, one through the front door, right out of the back. Door. Yeah, you got it. That's right. why another reason I started this podcast. I know most of the kids right now, they're not sociable. They're to themselves, they're Correct. listening to podcasts Correct. or whatever they're doing in their rooms. It's not with the family. They don't sit at the tables no more or anything. So they're listening to podcasts, and that's another reason I started this. Um, the OIC also assists with, we talked about barriers to employment. Um, have your people over the years, besides the police, what other challenges have they been facing besides finding somewhere to stay or a job? Anything else out of the norm? Uh, well... <laughs> I know some of the participants, they may have issues with um, transportation. Mm. That's a big one. Getting here? Getting here, maybe getting or to, to the job interview. To the job, um, different things like that. Getting to if um, they're taking classes outside of what we offer, but we're helping them to to get um, a certain certification at another outside school. Mm. They may have issues with getting to that school. So we provide the bus passes and some programs will also provide gas um, cards as well. Nice. Um, two of our programs, Women's Workforce Empowerment and also Project Lift, they also provide um, childcare assistance. Um, women's Workforce? Women's Workforce Empowerment. Never heard of them. So and what that's one of our pro that's the program I was telling you about where um, the women in Broward County. Oh, earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So that program they provide child care mm. for their participants. Project Lift provides child care while that person is in school. Because Project Lift is for anyone who's interested in either information technology or advanced manufacturing. Mm. But they are um, the custodial parents and they're having issues with childcare. Mm. So that, that could be a barrier. I can't go to school because I have to find someone to yeah. watch You can't my trust child. anybody to watch your kids exactly. these days. We exactly. see it every day on the news. Mm -hmm. The stepdaddies, the people at school, you can't trust anybody. So it's, I definitely understand where they're coming from 
with that. Well, let, let me say this. Mm -hmm. Let me jump in and say this real quick. We are the experts when it comes to reentry and youth and family services. We consider ourselves the experts. Yeah, y'all pretty but much we, got it solid. But we believe in a holistic approach. Mm. If somebody has mental health problems or they have childcare problems, we do work with other organizations who consider themselves the experts in that particular field, and we do referrals nice. to those agencies nice. that can assist in defeating those barriers to success for that particular participant. So like this young lady, she gets a job through your organization. She's hired and everything. She don't have the money to pay for a babysitter. You guys help her with that? Depends on the program. We were referred to a place who we know has connection with Early Learning Coalition to help them complete the application for subsidized childcare. Nice. You know, and we can't do it ourselves. Right. We are in connection with everyone within Broward and Dade County who are the experts in their field. So you go really above and beyond to make sure they're good when they leave here. Correct. And that's where that intensive case management comes in at because our case managers, they are the advocates for the participants. So they have to be able to eliminate those barriers for the participants so that they can be successful. Mm -hmm. And we don't want we don't want anything standing in a person's way of being self-sufficient. Right. I mean, life and like I say, a lot of the people pulling the puppet strings, you can't see them. So it's like people are trying, trying, trying. It's hot outside, you know, the bus late. It's like a lot of things that people deal with in that way on humans on a daily basis and for people to have an outlet or someone like somewhere like this that they can come do you have counselors and all like say if i'm going through some mental stuff out there and i just need somebody to come to real quick y'all have that we have contracts with those agencies who provide those services okay yeah. but y'all don't have no counselor in the building where i could just come in and talk to because i come here regularly okay most likely they'll come and talk to their case manager and let them know what's going on and then we make the proper Assessment, right. yes. So y'all like little psychiatrists. Right? <laughs> All of y'all, you like, man, we deal with so many people. <laughs> right, right, right. But we do we do provide um we do provide that support right. that they need because they do face a lot of different barriers. One of the things we've seen also is sometimes we want them to go to work and they don't have a phone for them for the employer to call. We pride ourselves on being a workforce solution organization. So we do have, um, we do want you to accomplish certain things. So we're gonna see how dedicated are you. You're gonna show up to employability skills training. You're gonna go ahead and take one of the vocational skills training, the industry recognized trainings that we provide. And then what we do is we prepare you for the workforce. That may mean we give you a gift card. Mm -hmm. um, depending on the program. Now, we're not giving you a gift card to go and, you know, splurge. Just splurge. Right. Our case managers, our employment specialists have actually gone to the store. I'm going to meet you here. We're going to purchase this phone. And right. the employers and myself are going to be able to reach you because if I can't reach you and you fall out, I don't know what's going on mm -hmm. with you. So you need to have a phone where we can reach you and the employers need to also be able to right. reach you. So that's one of the barriers that sometimes they come in frustrated. Like, how am I getting a job? You can't even right. reach you. So yes, we help them solve some of them, their basic needs. Right. As far as like, say if a person don't have you know the proper clothes i know y'all have clothes but do you get them enough to like get by 
So like to go on a few with, interviews. We work with Dress for Success, and what a lot of people don't realize, they don't just give you clothing to go to the interview. They give you also your, they help you with your everyday clothes. We also mm. partner with United Way. We get boxes of clothing sometimes. Even us employees rebring clothes right. in here as well because sometimes yes, they do have that interview clothes. But what about some everyday stuff? They may not be going with a suit and tie to work. They may need the work boots. We'll help you get that. That's part of getting you tools. They may need certain jeans or, you know, protective shirts, vests, or we do help with that. Okay. And if you have any potential clients or somebody that wants to be a part of your organization and say they're going through the process, they're coming here every week and they're smelling like alcohol, they're smelling like weed, do you send them home or do you like talk to them and you give them a chance to like, hey, tighten up, come on, this for you. Like, how do y'all handle those situations? It, it depends on the individuals. Now, if you're inebriated, then yes, we're we're going to help you, get you some help, but you cannot be a disruption to the rest of the individuals in the class. Right. I've had young adults come in and tell me, man, I am so high right now. Wow. I'm like, thanks for sharing. Well, right. thanks for being honest. So we're going to talk you through that. Mm. We're, um, this is part of the employability skills. This is a teachable moment. Right. Now, let's say this was one of the days I had some employers coming into the office and you show up high. Which thing is going to happen? Do you think I'm going to sit you in front of that employer? And you're making the day? whole organization so, look bad. Right. right. So we use those not to... Society has beat them down enough. We use those as teachable moments. And we put the responsibility back on them. Now tell me, if you are the employer walking in here and I'm the one who walked in smoking like weed, what would, what would you do? Right, would you hire so me? So we, <laughs> we ask them those things. They're like, yeah, you're right. And more often than not, you will find that just having a conversation, treating them like you're human, you do make mistakes, right. but we're going to overcome this. They do strain up right. and because they haven't had that. Everybody has, society has beaten down on them. They may come from a neighborhood, a family. So for them to, sometimes they don't even know how to take that mm. when you're providing that support. It's almost like a strange feeling to them, but putting the responsibility back on them and being supportive, we find that they're more likely to be successful. And you know, the OIC organization I was thinking one day, I was saying to myself, we need that village back. I swear that's what you guys embody. Like this is like that village, like a bunch of moms and people that really care. And a lot of organizations out there, they do not care. Why do you care about recidivism and re-entry? Why? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying why? Cause some people just, they don't care. Why y'all care? If they go to jail or not. Well, me personally, I've worked in um, the Florida Department of Corrections for 15 plus years. So I saw firsthand what returning citizens were going through as they were in that process of in, in, in prison life. Mm -hmm. And every year experiencing whenever they would do the budgets at the state level, the programs being cut, first thing to be cut. Programs. Right. And I used to always wonder what is out there for them because we're not we do not providing pro programs inside the prison. What's going to happen when they are released? when they come home? Yeah. Is there anything there? Is there like any type of safety net for them? And that's what really got me into just 
is re-entry and, and that's where my passion is and, and that's why I'm here at OIC because of that because I see that that's what we're doing we're providing that um, team for the people right. so that when they come out they don't feel like they're alone right. that there's no one there for them because sometimes people have been in prison for 15-20 years don't know how to work their phone computer exactly. nothing may not even have family left when they get out but we're here for them. And I talked to this guy, Eric, yesterday. He was a part of this program. You probably know this lady, Miss Regina. I forgot the name of her program. It's called Life or something. But she go to the prisons and show them how to use technology and show them how to... Like, she's getting them prepared for when they come out here. Because they haven't worked on any of this stuff for 20, 30 years. So, a lot of these guys have been parting and they're getting out. I just did a story with a guy, I don't know if you guys heard it, um, Derek Simmons, he wrote a book while he was in there, it's called Where Is My Daddy? Then under the bottom it says, probably dead or in prison. Mm. Right. He just did 15 years federal prison. Another one of the guys I did an episode on, he just did 21 years federal prison. He had two life sentences, Obama spared that boy, let him go home. So that's why they're able to talk. But as soon as he got out, he lost both of his legs, right? So you can imagine how he's feeling. Once this big guy, now you're, you know, you're in a wheelchair with no legs. You stood up 21 years on your toes. As soon as you get out of prison, you lose both legs. So people are having a bunch of challenges out here. Um, and not just, you know, with the government, just life. You know, life is rough and everybody can't deal so but i appreciate your organization um i see supporting the senators are also offered to your clients such as mental health substance abuse treatment transportation bus passes interview clothing case management financial rewards for success somebody could explain that one to me legal assistance referrals for housing and health care and that's just the name of few um anybody like to talk about any of those with the financial rewards for success, so we have um, two young adult programs mm. for reentry, 18 to 24, one in Broward, one in Miami. So essentially, you go through training, we're gonna give you, we're gonna financially reward you. Mm. You stay on the job for 30 days, we're gonna reward you. So we reward you for doing Going the right to work. thing. Youth bill, we give stipends every believe it's every two weeks they get a stipend so we're essentially paying you to go to school for some of my listeners that don't know what stipends are could you explain it, it's a monetary we, we give you um money right. to go to school right to accomplish certain goals so it, it is we incentivize you to do the right thing right oh, that's awesome but we tell them the biggest incentive is what you invest in yourself what you put in is what you're gonna get out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you put nothing in, you're gonna get nothing out of this. Right. If you put something in, that incentive is I'm landing on my feet. I'm able to make enough money to support myself and my dependents if I have some. Right. Because going back to the question you asked, why do we do this? Let me answer that question. You know me. Mm-hmm. You know me from the streets back in the day. Right. I do it because guys we know, good guys we know, went to prison. So I'm still in prison. Mm-hmm. A lot I know get out. Go they right have back. nothing to look for. Right. They out for a good year, enough to party, hang out, 
they have nothing to look forward to. They end up back in prison. Right. Doing another bid for another crime. And when you ask them, man, you was out. You must like going to prison. You say, what? I had no, I had no choices. I had to survive, man. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I know how to do is what I've been taught through the years. Right. I'm from a hustling family. Get money. That's how you survive. Mm-hmm. They don't know education because it wasn't instilled in them from a, an early age. Right. They are a product of their environment. They're a product of what they see. That's why we serve mostly those people in those communities. Mm-hmm. Because we know what's in those communities. Right. We know what they're facing. Firsthand. So I tell a lot of them, when you come out, don't go back in that community. It's easy for me to say, but try to find somewhere else. To right. Change your people, places, and things. Don't come to OIC and try it our way. Right. That's why I do it. Because I must live amongst them. And I break bread with them all the time. Right. They're good people. OIC is very mission-driven organization. Our vision and mission is to serve the underserved population, the un- underemployed, the unemployed population. And I must say, everybody who works here at the organization prides himself on that vision and that mission. We come in here to do exactly that day in and day out. And the alumni, they don't just become clients and participants, they're family. And they come back and give back to our young adults, our adults. We have in Miami, one of the guys that enrolled in our program last year, he was actually featured on a success story for the Department of Labor. He brought in some guys and be like, yo, you need to come here and check out OIC. And this guy has gone to get his CDL. He has two jobs. Um, he's getting ready to open up his own trucking company, which is what he does. Now, this is an 18-year-old that spent 20 years in prison. And he's didn't just come out and be successful. He came out and has given back to others like himself. So they're looking for an opportunity. They're looking for that support. And we are that opportunity and that support for right. them. I mean, when you walk into the building, you you feel the energy. You feel good vibes. You don't feel nothing negative at all. You don't see anybody frowning at you and like, why are you here? Regardless of how they look, I guess you guys handle everyone. Bro, I swear, I feel like it's a bunch of mothers in here. I, I promise you. That's why probably the energy is the way it is in this building. It's very inviting. Um, do y'all have anything like, <clears throat> I know everybody's coming here to get help, but just like a, a drug rehab or what have you, do y'all have like like man bands like where y'all don't want them really vibing or talking? Like say if both of us in this program, we trying to get our stuff together and now we hook up and we like, man, forget that program. We feel do our own thing. Do y'all try to keep them away from talking or vibing or no, that's on them? Okay. Right. Like our motto says, help people help themselves. Mm-hmm. They must want it. Like I tell them, I can't pull you across the finish line. Right. I can push you a little bit, and I can walk with you across it, but I can't pull you because you're right. the wrong person. Right. And I want them to hear this on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You have to invest in yourself. Your biggest reward is your, the investment you put in is what you're going to get out of. Right. Straight up. No simpler than that. Keep it a buck with them. If you don't put nothing in at OIC, you ain't get nothing out. 
meet up. We're gonna meet you where you are, but you have to want it. Straight like that. Straight like that. That's that's how it is. Gotcha. And they may not want it right. right now. They may not be ready right now. And they're to like, better themselves. <laughs> but you know what? They'll come back. And yeah, I have to say, yeah. our culture is driven from our CEO. He walks these halls. He talks to the clients. He's not this person that sits in his office inaccessible. Mm. You know, he knows some of them by name. They'll come and talk to them. So they may not be ready, but you know what? Sometimes they can have a conversation with somebody else that right. maybe said it differently mm -hmm. or somebody that's been in their shoes. Right. Sometimes we have guys come into the office and they're having a bad day and we'll have one of our case managers, one of our employment specialists, maybe they didn't grow up with a mom. Mm -hmm. So they'll gravitate towards, you know, one of our case managers, if it's a woman or they didn't grow up with a dad. Right. Some of our employment specialists are men and just a conversation and you see them right back in the class and you're like, what'd you say to him? Mm -hmm. They're like, I just talk his language and I just told him, hey, even if you don't feel like you're ready right now, right. What you're going to go home and you're going to probably do nothing. Mm -hmm. So why don't you come here and do something? Right. Productive. Instead of sitting home playing video games all day. And that, that is the culture we've had at OIC. We meet them where they are. Yes, I cannot take you across the finish line, but I can walk with you towards the finish line. Right. And again, that comes straight from our CEO and just trickles down from senior management, executive management, middle, all the way down to mm -hmm. the participants. So it is the culture that where we thrive as employees right. and for our participants. That is awesome. I guess I didn't mention our CEO's name. It's Mr. Newton Sannon for those. Newton. Newton Sannon. Okay. And where can my listeners find you guys? Like, are you online? Do you have a website? Yes. Our website is www.oicsfl.org. Okay. And the telephone number is the 954-563-3535. Yes. So if anyone needs to call, is there anyone in particular they need to nobody just call the front desk tell them what you're looking for and they'll get you to the right person go ahead let me say this about mm -hmm. orientation if you want to learn more about oic we do conduct orientations twice a month that's what i was going to ask you every first tuesday of the month right. and every last thursday first tuesday of the month is at 9 a.m and we also do one in the evenings the last thursday of the month is at 6 p.m okay and everyone's welcome no dress code just show up because we want to help you all right Okay, we didn't ask a lot of questions to cover a bunch of topics. I'd like to appreciate everyone for taking time out of your busy schedules to speak with me and convict the conversation as well as my listeners. Um, anybody have anything they'd like to say to the kids or any other listeners? Don't hold your head down mm -hmm. just because you face an obstacle along the way. Okay. Oh, my name is Carlos, and I'm the program manager once again of the Young Adult Reentry Program. Okay. And I just wanted to give you, listen, guys, I'm a black man, and I want to say that. I want people to know I'm a black man, so I know the challenges you face. I know the uphill battles um, uh, you see, mm. and I just want to say I've lived the life. I walk the walk. I talk the talk, but I also I'm here for you all. Don't give up. Continue doing what you're doing and be great. All right. 
my again, my name is Lene Jackson Orange. I'm the program manager here at the Broadway office, and um, I just want to let everyone know to stay encouraged and know that help is out there. We're here. And I'm Kathleen Doctor. I'm the senior program manager. I oversee the young adult and the adult program in Miami. I just want to again chime in, stay encouraged. We're here to help you. Um, even if you don't think we can help you, come through the doors. You have nothing to lose but everything to gain. And again, my listeners, please, please, please don't let your past dictate your future. Keep pushing forward. And this has been another episode of Convicted Conversations. Thank you.